welcome to Radio B&R, a podcast production of the Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Radio B&R, keeping Tennessee Baptists informed about the issues impacting their lives and churches. Hello and welcome into this special edition of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, Director of Communications here at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. And today our guest is Randy Davis, our state exec. Uh, Randy, welcome to Radio BNR. Well, thank you, Chris. It's good to be here. Well, it is uh, the time that we start winding down, looking at Christmas. The year uh, has come to an end, and we're looking back across the past 11 and a half, 12 months, and just what you have seen. So that's really what we're dedicating this episode to, is just kind of a, a year in review from uh, your perspective. You've joked around about uh, I-40 being called Randy Davis Boulevard, so you've literally been from Mountain City to uh, Memphis multiple times this year, putting several thousand miles on, on a vehicle. So just from an overall perspective, how, how do you kind of see what's going on in Tennessee in 2018? Well, there are two words that come to mind. One is uh, very, very encouraged. I am encouraged by what I see happening in our churches, uh, the the focus of our lay people, the focus of our pastors. I'm very encouraged. And yet I also know that in our present culture, the the other word that comes to mind is challenging. These are very challenging times. Every single one of our churches are facing uh, similar challenges and then also challenges contextualized for their own local ministries. Uh, So this is a challenging time, but overall 2018 has been a great, great year. I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, you've mentioned a number of times this year is since the Messengers to the 2014 Tennessee Baptist Convention, the summit, Uh, approved or um, uh, moved forward with the five objectives. We're now five years into what at that time was a 10-year trajectory for those five objectives. Just kind of give us a quick overview of where you see us in relation to those five objectives. Well, as we begin our fifth year, I see some momentum picking up. I think the, uh, the five objectives that have been adopted by our network of churches um, they're resonating. People are talking about them. Uh, some are being adopted by many, many churches, and some churches are seeing it as a as an opportunity. Um, and of course, if you have studied the five objectives that our convention has adopted, you you recognize that there's really one objective. The other four objectives are supportive of that first objective, yeah, right. which is to see at least 50,000 Tennesseans won to the Lord, baptized, and set on the road to discipleship annually by 2024. These were adopted in 2014 as a 10-year plan, and uh, that objective is the main one. Uh, And 50,000 was not a a number that was just plucked out of the air. The state of Tennessee is growing by 50 to 60,000 citizens every year. 50 to 60,000 every year. That means in a decade we pick up a city larger than Memphis wow. in a decade. And uh, the thing about that population growth, if um, the number of Christians in the state of Tennessee versus the number of people that are spiritually lost, that gap is growing rapidly. 
so that within 10 to 15 years, that, graph will, that graphic will be monumentally larger than it has been in the past. And, and you've talked about the statement that Dr. Jeff Orge has made from Golden Gate, uh, just from a missiological perspective, what that does to the overall demographic and, and how it changes the, the shape and face of who we are as Tennesseans. What is that that he's talked about? Well, in a conversation I had with uh, Dr. Orge um, soon after coming into this position, it was uh, probably 2010, 2011, uh, I was talking to Dr. Orge, and he said, Randy, what's the largest uh, thing that has surprised you as you move from the pastorate into this role as executive director? And I replied, Dr. Orge, the thing that has really astonished me is the lostness of our state. Tennessee is known as the buckle of the Bible belt. Uh, that is a statement that is no longer true. We are a mission field any way you slice it. Tennessee, and indeed the entire South, is heading in the direction of New England. It is heading in the direction of Western Europe. And what Dr. Ward said that really got my attention was the fact that uh, he, in his estimation, he said then that within five years, Tennessee will be more like Colorado and in 10 years, it will be more like California than an old line Southern Baptist state. And uh, we're seeing it. We're seeing people come here from all over the world. Uh, we're changing demographically. Our diversity uh, is growing by leaps and bounds. Just within 10 miles of this office, there's an elementary school where 36 different languages are spoken. And um, Tennessee is rapidly changing, and uh, we need to be on the cutting edge as of churches and realizing that we need to think and act uh, like missionaries. Yeah, and you've, you've talked about the... Well, this this whole past year, David Level, who was our president for the Tennessee Baptist Convention, really had the 316 uh, initiative, really getting people to get out and share the gospel with people. And we see this trend in our state that if it's almost like a frog in the kettle thing, if you're not looking at the larger demographic, maybe locally your demographic isn't changing. But our state is so significantly changing that if we don't start really an initiative to get our churches out and proclaim the gospel and share the gospel uh, as as just people in our jobs, we're not going to see uh, a state that really is is moving in the direction of, of being a state one to Christ. What is it that you're seeing with our churches, as you mentioned earlier, just a trend towards that? It seems like we have more churches moving out with baptisms and our numbers there. Well, you're hearing more pastors and more leaders in our churches talking about baptisms. It's not a it's not a staff that people ignore. You know, every one is so vitally important because that is a soul that is heading to heaven instead of hell mm. uh, that is introduced to the gospel and receives Christ as Savior and Lord. And uh, I'm hearing churches and church leaders talk about lostness in their communities and lostness in the state. Whether we grow one more citizen or not 
in any given county in, of our 95 counties in Tennessee, at least 80% of that county is not in anybody's church. Mm. And yet that figure will continue to grow. Um, I'm encouraged that this year we've seen a 2% growth in the number of people coming to the Lord as opposed to last year. Um, that 2%, while 2% doesn't sound like much, it actually is a great deal. And we, we've seen, the, instead of a decline, we've seen an uptick in the number of people coming to the Lord through our churches. So that's something to celebrate in a monumental kind of way. That uh, and as, as you have said, it may not sound like much, but if that's your uh, spouse or mother or father or child, it's a big number. Well, absolutely. Uh, We celebrate the church that a few years ago, Long Hollow, saw a thousand people come to the Lord, and we have started focusing on those churches that have seen one come to the Lord in a year's time. That is not anything to denigrate because that one, and we had about uh, 250 of our churches that had one baptism. Now, some might say only one baptism. But if, like you said, if that's your child, mm-hmm. if that's your grandchild, if that's your mom or your dad or your son, your daughter, uh, that one is monumentally important to you. But it's more important to our Lord Jesus Christ who died for that one. Yeah, and so you know, you've talked about that first objective and how that really is is our our biggie, and you've talked about it in terms of you know if we're successful at the other four objectives but we're not successful at the first one. We really haven't accomplished what, what we're about as Tennessee Baptists. But but we've seen some great movement in our second objective and our third objective. And just talk a little bit about uh, church revitalization. Well, Dr. Steve Holt and his team of folks that are focused on church revitalization have done a fantastic work over the last several years of putting together materials and methodology that help churches that desire to be revitalized uh, experience it. Um, And we are seeing um, about 300, 350 churches. Our goal is 500. We've seen three to 350 experience revitalization Mm -hmm. or they are intentionally in a revitalization, repurposing kind of process at the moment. Um, we've seen some wonderful stories happen about uh, churches that have partnered with other churches. Um, one of the churches that um, was instrumental in setting a pace was over at um, Indian Springs Baptist, where Dr. Rock Collins was pastor at the time. Uh, the church that started Indian Springs, their mother church, was getting ready to close its doors. Mm. And the daughter of that church went back and uh, adopted the mother church as a second campus. And that church has experienced revitalization. I'll tell you, Chris, eight years ago, there were not many churches that wanted to admit they needed revitalization, and that yeah. was the biggest hurdle for us to overcome. And one of the things that has happened, a, a shift in the mindset of our churches, is that many churches are waking up and understanding the tremendous decline they have been in for decades. 
and they are saying this is unacceptable. We want to do something different. So they are intentionally seeking out healthy churches to come alongside them, perhaps uh, a turnkey kind of thing where they hand over the property and the keys to a healthy church uh, so they can experience a repurposing. We uh, are seeing more and more of that take place. Um, Some churches that are healthier just come alongside churches that need a little boost, a little help for a short period of time to get back on track. So I'm encouraged by revitalization. Um, Church planting is, is something that is really been strong the last four or five years here in Tennessee. Um, We have seen some record numbers of starts in a 12-month period, but we're also seeing uh, churches becoming a part of our network that are existing. They doctrinally line up with the Baptist faith and message. They have been uh, independent or they have um, been a non-denom kind of church but they're seeing the value of working with a network, and they see the validity and the relevancy of the Tennessee Baptist Convention network of churches, and so they want to become a part of us. So I see us making great progress in both revitalization and church planning, and I'm very excited about the churches that are becoming a part of our network. Well, one of the, one of the things related to those churches that are becoming a part of our network you know, we've put uh, a, a lot of emphasis on seeing diversity develop within not only Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, but among our Tennessee Baptist Convention network of churches. And a lot of those churches that are coming on with, with Arabic churches, whether they're aligning or whether they're being planted or other ethnicities that we have, we've seen some good growth in uh, black church within our state. So the, the, the overall complexion of the people that make up our network is becoming more Revelation 5-9, more people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, and we've seen it right here in Tennessee. Yeah, from from Knoxville, uh, Knoxville to Memphis to Nashville, uh, over the past months, we have seen, uh, speaking of diversity, uh, becoming a part of our network, we've seen a Russian church, an Ethiopian church, a um, Somali church, a couple of Arab-speaking churches. We have uh, seen churches of all shapes uh, and sizes, languages, become a part of our network. Very Baptistic in their theology. And uh, they want a place to belong. And of course, um, Nashville, there was an article written a number of years ago by a national publication that referred to Nashville as Little Kurdistan. Well, we've had a strong Kurdish population for 30 years, but it's been in the recent months that we have seen our first Kurdish church planted. And uh, they're growing, and uh, we've got some folks that are doing all they can to reach these languages that are right here in Tennessee. Yeah, what's, what's interesting, you know, when you say and you say this often, any way you slice it, Tennessee is a mission field. I think that it's a shock to people when they hear we have more than 145 different global people groups now living in the state of Tennessee. 
And and for a lot of people, you know, that's just not, I mean, that's not the Tennessee I grew up in. Uh, you know, when I was growing up in, in West Tennessee, maybe you would see some Hispanics here and there, but for the most part, we were black and white, but Tennessee certainly is not a black and white state anymore if it ever was, but there's just great diversity. But what's, what's so cool is the number of people, uh, groups that are being engaged by our Tennessee Baptist uh, churches and our state missionaries. So there's a growing hunger to to do that. You know, we started our uh, a couple of years ago. We started City Reach, mm. um, which is an effort to get all of our churches: rural church, city church, country church, metro church involved in reaching the metro areas of our state to partnering. We, we've been doing partnership missions for, we're closing in on 40 years. Yeah. We were the first state convention to do partnership missions. And it is a, uh, deeply in our, in our DNA. Um, and we have done stateside partnerships and so many international partnerships. But you can get an international missions experience right. without leaving the borders of the state of Tennessee. Yeah. And so with, with City Reach Knoxville and now City Reach Nashville, next year we begin City Reach Memphis. We'll go on to Chattanooga and Clarksville. But some of our strong churches in some of our county seat towns and the rural areas of Tennessee can have a significant, meaningful mission trip right here in Tennessee. Yeah, there's been just, well, in excess of hundreds of projects that have been done in Knoxville and in Nashville over the past couple of years since City Reach has come online. And so that's something that somebody can uh, go online and, and check that out uh, at uh, on our uh, tnbaptist.org website. But Knox County Association of Baptists and, uh, of course, the Nashville Baptist Association websites also have information on that. Well, one of the things you've talked about just in the past few weeks is we've closed out our fiscal year and then in uh, August closed out our GOTM year and then certainly in relation to disaster relief. Just the generosity that you have seen Tennessee Baptists pour out. We've, we've done it for a long time. But this year really seems significant. Uh, just talk a little bit about where we are with cooperative program and the movement there, and then really the movement that you're seeing with Golden Offering. I'll be glad to. Um, the cooperative program is our mission's mutual fund. Hmm. Um, David Platt called it the Southern Baptist ecosystem. They're all related. A kid is saved at a Baptist camp. He goes to a... Christian University supported by the cooperative program. He gets called perhaps into missions while he's participating in his first mission trip through a BCM on a university campus. And they go to a Southern Baptist seminary to be trained. And then they go to plant a church in Denver or New York, or they go overseas as an international missionary. A cooperative program dollar has followed him all the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, this uh, the last two years we've seen the average percentage go up from our churches. Our goal by 2024 is to be at 10 percent, and 10 percent is not far. In the vast majority of the history of the cooperative program, our churches gave an average of 10 percent through the cooperative yeah, program. Right. You don't give it to it; you give it through it mm -hmm. to support compassion ministries, uh, children's homes. 
uh, seminaries and uh, mission enterprises. Um, last year, we exceeded our budget. We met, exceeded that budget, which is something to really celebrate and That's praise right. the Lord for. Golden offering for Tennessee missions is to Tennessee what the Lottie Moon offering is to international missions. And missions. And right now, we're in the Lottie Moon season of giving. Now, I would encourage our folks to give through Lottie Moon. Um, and it is to Tennessee what the Annie Armstrong offering is to North American missions. Not a dime of golden offering is used for our salaries, our infrastructure right. support. Every dollar of it is used for missions and ministries right here in Tennessee. It is the primary funding mechanism for church planning and church revitalization in our state, That's right. as well as Compassion Ministries. Uh, golden offering has grown over the last five years by something like 26%. Wow. And people are getting the message that Tennessee is a mission field any way you slice it. Our goal is to be at $3 million by 2024. We are making progress toward that. I, uh, the growth of, of people's response to wanting to reach Tennessee and finance that through the Golden Offering has been phenomenal. Well, you know, one of the interesting things that I want you to touch on, so we just finished our Golden Offering year in August, and that was our second largest following our largest year ever in Golden Offering. But talk a little bit about the situation with disaster relief and the money that came in from Tennessee Baptist to go and help uh, folks that have, have suffered hurricanes in other places. Well, uh, be very glad to. You know, in 2017, in that, fo- in that late summer, early fall, we had a trifecta of hurricane mm. disasters that affected Texas, Florida, Puerto Rico, and other areas. And um, the response to disaster relief, and that was going on during the time of our promotion of the Golden Offering, Um, not only did the people give the second largest offering through Golden, but they gave well over a million dollars to support disaster relief efforts in these areas. Uh, Tennessee Baptist, when they see the need, they are incredibly generous That's people. Right. They don't give to excess, uh, but they give to need. Yeah. And I think we saw that this past year like we've never seen it before. Had it not been for the great need and the great opportunity in responding to disasters, I believe we would have blown past our record for the Golden Offering. Yeah. Uh, this fall, um, we go from uh, September to the end of August, so September 2018 to August of 2019. Right now we're on pace to have another record. That wow. would mean that uh, three years in a row we've had a record or right at a near record. And uh, so I just thank uh, Tennessee Baptist for the way they're giving. You know, let's close out with really what was a late season highlight, and it was the work of Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief that was rewarded in a, in a very unique way. Just talk a little bit about uh, how how Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief volunteers were recognized. Well, there was an, an anonymous gift made through a foundation of $200,000 wow. for disaster relief. 
and the person or persons that uh, gave this incredible gift for disaster relief um, recognized our DR workers, Mm -hmm. the kind of effective work they do, and uh, said, you know what, we we invest so much every year like this, and we want to give this grant to Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief as they continue to respond in the Carolinas to Hurricane Florence. And um, so that was an unexpected gift. We mm-hmm. did not know it was coming, and uh, it was anonymous. And we just praise the Lord that God's favor is on that kind of effective and relevant ministry through the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board and our churches. I think, you know, as you kind of reflect on everything you've said during during the time that we've been talking here, there are some big things that have happened, but if you break that down, there are a whole bunch of little things that go together, people working together, this this critical mass that seems to be building from one church to another, but we start putting all those churches together and we start seeing spiritual movement in our state. But then even with the giving, it really does point out that together we really can do more to impact our state for the kingdom than we can do, do a part as we look into 2019, um, we really seem staged for really seeing the Lord work in some some incredible ways. What what challenge would you extend to Tennessee Baptists as we kind of stand here in December and look over towards January? Uh, the challenge I would say is to lean on the Lord like never before, mm. to trust in His power and not in our power, our might. All the glory and praise and honor goes to Him. And we know that if if there is a great awakening in our culture, that if things change as a network of churches, we have a common denominator. That's why we're called a denomination. Mm -hmm. Our common denominator is that uh, we are the Lord Jesus Christ and then his commissioning on us to take the gospel around the world and make disciples. Uh, I would challenge our our. Tennessee Baptist and our churches to lean on the Lord, to lean on one another, to really go out of their way to cooperate, even though the church may not look like your church, the people may not look like your people, Mm -hmm. to really find ways to cooperate and be unified in their Great Commission work. Do it in a Great Commission methodology, Mm -hmm. a, a Great Commandment methodology. And I think the Lord's going to honor that and bless that. And um, it's just a lot more fun when we do things together. Yeah, yeah. And I praise the Lord for the unity in our state. Mm-hmm. It was exemplified at our recent summit uh, when during the Tennessee Baptist Convention, convention portion of the summit, um, there was not one negative vote on yeah. anything that was presented that I recall. Uh, there was such unity. There was uh, such incredible worship. And it was very moving going through that. Mm-hmm. It's humbling walk, walking with these people doing great commission work that are called Tennessee Baptist. I love them. I'm humbled to serve them. And I look forward to 2019 offering us a lot more opportunity to serve our churches. Well, it certainly is exciting to see what's happened this year. And the Old Testament talks about um, remembering the Lord and remembering what God has done and the goodness of the Lord. And, and 2018 has been a great year. We've seen a lot of movement in, in uh, just the, the evangelism and people really reaching into their community. And it has been such a great foundation 
for where we're headed in 2019. So next year when we come back and, and have this uh, conversation about a year in review, hopefully we'll be looking back and seeing that baptisms are up another four or 5,000 people beyond where they are in cooperative program and those things. So uh, Randy, have a great Christmas and you and Miss Jeannie um, and enjoy those grandkids during the Christmas break. Thank you so much, Brother Chris. We sure will. Thank you for listening to Radio B&R, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist's Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.